Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and on this episode of Data Protection Gumbo, I have Hasib Awan, who is the CEO of Ifani Secure Mobile, which provides guarantee protection against SIM swapping, eavesdropping, and location tracking. He is a Y Combinator alumni, telecom engineering, and he also co-founded one of the largest Bitcoin ATM networks in the world. Hasib, welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me on the show. Really good. Awesome. Why don't you start off by giving us an update or a rundown on eFunny? Uh, so eFunny, think about eFunny as a cell phone plan that is secure. So right now you go to a store, you buy a cell phone plan. They are meant for mass market as you have, you're buying a burger on the street. But the risk profile for every individual is different. You may have a different risk profile and you may be storing a lot of data on your phone, but not everyone is doing the same thing. What we do is we provide security to high risk individuals like executives, celebrities, investors to make sure that no one can get access into your account. Because someone gets access into your account, they can get into your bank account, your email account, your passwords, your pictures and everything. That's what we protect against. Ah, okay. So it, it's a, a more secure, did you say cell phone plan or? That's right. Yeah, cell phone plan, yeah. So I, I guess you have your own network of, or your own platform in order to kind of host the services for a secure communication. That's correct. So we have our own services that we work with. And uh, yeah, so but we work with like big carriers. So we don't have our own towers. Mm -hmm. We just roam on regular towers. Ah, okay. Got it. Got it. And I guess, why did you choose this, this part of the industry? And, you know, is it, is it a really huge problem? I was in SAP for time myself. So I was a victim. Someone walked into a store, did some social engineering or bribed, and they were able to take over my account multiple times. And uh, I couldn't do anything. I was just helpless sitting in my home and couldn't do, I could call and they say, you're not a subscriber. The number is gone. You just called in to change my number. I said, that's not me. But this is gone now. So I was a victim four times. I'm a telecom engineer. I said, why would someone be able to get into my account whenever they want? So I said, I need to change the solution. And that's what I did. Okay. So so you you were affected yourself. And so that that propelled you to kind of help others and to figure out what the problem was. And so... Why do you think telecom companies haven't already solved this problem? So first of all, telecom companies are a telecom company in a way that their goal is to provide you communication at the cheapest price possible. They are not like a security company, you know, so their goal is to people want to go to a uh, walk in a store and they say, give me the cheapest, most possible. And, and that's what they do. It's like flipping burger, right? If you just have to buy a hot dog from the street, you just look at who sells the cheapest hot dogs. Because you have to feed yourself. Uh, there's no regard for, okay, is it tasty or something? I'm just giving an example. So what happened is telecoms are meant and built for mass market. 99% uh, of people do not care about security. 
and they just say I just want give me like you know and so to summarize uh, the business model does not work for them they are you know it's like asking McDonald's why don't you serve the best steaks in town that's not their business model their business model is to flip burgers and give you the cheaper cheapest ham hamburgers so cybersecurity companies are specialized it costs us more to operate and that cost is not justified by everyone. It's like everyone should fly, fly first class. And and if someone was looking at a a new cell phone plan or just a, a new plan in general, what would what security features would you say are the top features to have? So generally, uh, that if you look at any company right now, like you know, there are not a lot of niche companies. Uh, but so first of all, what happens if they get hacked? It's a simple question. Does the company take responsibility of that? You know, you can ask them a simple question. What happens if my cell phone get hacked? Who's responsible? And see whatever their answer is. So that's one thing. The second thing is you can ask them is, do you sell my data categorically? And let's see what the response is. If they say yes, then obviously they're selling your data, so which makes you more unsecure. And so these are two major questions. Number one, what happened if I get hacked? And number two, do you sell my data? And uh, are there any? Well, these oh, are two ahead. things that they need to ask. Are, are there any alternatives to the big players that are out there right now? Um, I, I know you have your service set up, but are, are there any other alternatives that are, that are out there that seem to be a little more secure than what's already provided? Um, so people sometimes use VoIP apps. Uh, again, this is not a traditional business to get into. So I haven't found across a lot of competitors who are doing it, actually. Uh, there have been a couple of attempts for people offering services. Uh, obviously, I'm biased, so people can search for their own thing. What's the most secure cell phone service? But um, it's a traditionally business model breaks. It's like someone just launched an airline just based on first class. It's very hard business to, uh, to run. So people just focus on mass market. Um, and yeah, that's what's available in the market. And, and if someone hacks your phone, is it a matter of them like at getting access to everything that's stored on your phone, like your pictures and all of the history and everything that you have accumulated in your apps? Or, or, or is it deeper than that? It depends, right? Like on attack vector they do. So normally it, they go for your bank account. That's the number of attacks. The moment they get into your uh, phone, they get into your bank account and try to steal as much money as possible. Um, then they go after your social media and then go after their personal information like pictures to blackmail you and extort money from you. Okay, and you, you mentioned, well, maybe you didn't mention, maybe I mentioned it, uh, SIM swapping. Do you mind explaining exactly what SIM swapping is for the Gumbo audience? Certainly. So have you ever lost your cell phone? Uh, absolutely. So what do you do? You go to a store and you ask them for a new SIM card, correct? Uh, I get a brand new phone altogether. Yeah, so but for new connection, like you know, for SIM card, you walk into store and they give you a SIM card, correct? Think about the guy who's issuing the SIM card. He issued the SIM card to not to you, but to someone else like me, because I pretended that I'm you. So I walk in store and I say I'm Dimitri, and uh, you know, I walk into store and I just say this is uh, uh, Demetrius, and can you just give me a SIM card? Either I social engineer, I pretend to be you, or I just bribe the person, and the person just say, hey, here's the SIM card. I go to your Gmail and do a password reset, and now I'm into your account. Uh, because telephone number is a default password reset option. 
if you forget your password, that's what they do. Do, do you recommend uh, other security measures and maybe like a multi-factor authentication or what is it, two, two-factor authentication setup? Yeah, ultimately, multi-factor, two-factor is pretty much the same thing. Multi obviously means more than two, but just for the sake of convenience, we just say 2FA. Um, two-factor authentication means someone has access to your password, but they need a separate key to enter. So most common ones are like SMS. People send you, they send you a text message. You put the SMS in the phone, uh, in the in the code, and that's how you get in. That's the most common way, and that's how people get into your account. Other than that, you can also set up like app, like Google Authenticator, uh, you know, Authy, Microsoft Authenticator. You know, you can use that to enter into accounts. That's what people do. Uh, so that's more secure than having SMS. But the most among them is using a hardware key, where people have to physically connect a hardware key. So if I get into your email and password, if I get hacked into your account, I can't get into your account unless I have the physical hardware key as well. So that makes it very, very secure. So I strongly recommend everyone using that. Okay. Are, are there any mobile phones that you see are maybe more susceptible or the ones that thieves or, or hackers are all looking looking for like maybe an Apple over a Galaxy, a, a Samsung device, or does that not matter? So it's a very complicated topic because there's a lot of theories around it. And like, you know, uh, I personally believe that any stock phone like Samsung or Apple, as long as updated, it's the best security you can get for ordinary person. You know, people have different needs, but I'm just saying for average consumer, that's the best thing they can do. Just keep your software up to date and that's about it. And there's no... Don't complicate your life a lot. Again, I'm not saying this 100% secure, but that's like more than average. Uh, so any of phones that as stock that gets regular update should work. And are there any other ways that you would like to educate the listeners on around ways that your, your mobile phone can get hacked? So there are multiple ways to get hacked, right? There are sophisticated methods that people can get into, like, you know, they can do a phishing attack. They send you a text, hey, you got a package from, you know, like a UP, UPS. That's one thing they do. One common attack that I've seen is like, you know, a lot of immigrants is that they will get an email. Oh, I'm calling from immigration US, like citizenship, US, UCIS, or immigration Canada. And, you know, we need to verify your file. So, and, oh, you have a problem in your visa and everything. You're equal, you know, you have to pay out this much money to get it done. And people fall for it. So that's a pretty common attack that happens in, in the US. People have MD catchers. So MD catchers are very sophisticated. You said MD catchers? MD, I-M-S-I. Okay. The way they work is that they act like a cell phone boosters. So I'll give you a simple example. In home, sometimes you don't have internet Wi-Fi coverage, so you install boosters. By installing boosters, uh, what happens is rather than you know, going to the main signal, your laptop or phone will connect to the closest cell phone booster, um, to the Wi-Fi booster. Similar to that, you have cell phone boosters. You can connect them into someone's house if they don't have coverage. But sometimes some of them are not the right ones. They are like uh, just there to sniff your traffic. So your phone thinks that this is the right one. They connect to them, they solve all the data. But not all the data goes through the, to the carrier. So if you're making a call to 911, just to give you an example, they can filter that call and send it to someone that they want. So you think you're calling 911, but you're not calling 911. 
you're calling a thermal call center. And similarly, if you're watching, like, you know, you want to open Gmail, you believe that it's going to Gmail, but maybe redirected to, like, uh, gmail1.com. And you put all your credentials, you go through all the transactions. So there are sophisticated levels of attacks. There's also something called silent SMS, where have you ever got an Amber Alert on your phone? So technically, you can send an Amber Alert to anyone in a specific it's illegal but people can do it and sometimes when you do it you can find someone location so someone can actually put your telephone number and based on telephone number they can exactly find where you are and try to hurt you physically if they want to and that's a critical attack right why would like you know you, someone can find your location because you're a very high profile person and you're traveling and someone can just do that so that's very critical too. So yeah, then these are common attacks that happen. Like again, I can go into like maybe 20 different attacks, but these are the most common attacks. Sim swapping among all of them is the most common one and phishing attack. Do, do you have any stories of, I guess, any high profile celebrities that were maybe hacked or targeted? Oh, I have thousands of them, but I'll start off with Jack Dorsey got Sim swapped last year and uh, Twitter CEO, right? They That's like a massive thing that they got hacked. Uh, that's one thing. Uh, second thing is that uh, who else could have gone, um, you know, uh, you know, celebrities like, you know, I'm just trying to find public because <laughs> we have a lot of information. I'm just trying to find yeah. out who will be like public one or not, who will not be public one. So, um, you know, same happening. But Jack Dorsey was pretty famous. Cave. There's another friend of mine, Michael Turpin. He lost $24 million. Rob Ross, he lost $1 million all his life savings. Uh, you know, yesterday we got a call from a nurse who lost all life savings. Um, I didn't ask her, but like, you know, she works in a nurse and she was doing operation and that's what happened. So I believe that every day, I think there are like 16,000 attacks or something on your cell phone hmm. or something like that. How, how would you know that, that your cell phone is being attacked or you, or you just don't know? No, so you know, right. So the way you know is that basically you have actually, um, so the way you work is that your phone will stop working. The only challenge is you don't make calls. So unless you're making a call or receiving a call at the right moment, you will not even know. So if you are sitting at home, like right now I am, I can actually, I may not get a call for like two hours. It's perfectly normal. So I may not look at my phone. And if I'm at home, I'm using Wi-Fi. So I don't even know that something is not missing. So it becomes very complicated for average consumer to know. And the time they know, it's already late. So hypothetically, the only way for me is to know is that, okay, my cell phone coverage is not working. And sometimes people just ignore it. It's just a glitch. You know, I'm not getting any cell phone coverage for a few minutes. Uh, but after a while, you say, okay, man, what the hell is happening here? So, so that's pretty common um, that you will just lose your cell phone signal. But then you rush to, what do you do? You make try to call a, your helpline, uh, you, you know, your cell phone company, and they will just say, you're not a customer anymore. And the moment you actually get to the bottom of the problem, the hackers have already taken away everything from you. So yeah, so you make it like you know, after an hour or two hours, you get your number back and with the apology. I'm so sorry for Apollo for what happened to you. Okay, and that's about it. Got it. If you don't mind, I like to switch gears a little bit. And um, so, so you are are you still in the Bitcoin ATM industry? And if so, I'm curious to know how that's going since you know cryptocurrencies are. At, uh, at a really significantly low low price so i'll answer two questions so uh am i uh, in crypto industry yes i do have um, a lot of interest um in crypto i personally believe that it has potential a lot of potential 
we certainly have a lot of like you know roadblocks in the path but i firm believer i'm firm believer that uh, we should have a better technology in any shape or form so if it's an ai blockchain you know autonomous car driving we have to adopt it you know um financial industry is very something close to me because i've been a victim of my accounts being hacked and accounts being like blocked uh, with no fault of my own so if i can do any contribution towards uh, you know building a better financial system for people to benefit i'll absolutely up for it uh, about my company we got acquired uh, last year so so we sold the company um so yeah so that's my involvement have ended uh, a, a bit before that too uh, but yeah that's what happened uh, in addition to that if you're asking me about uh, you know what happening in the industry right now that's like pretty common like every couple of years there's like you know uh, you know like a massive up run up it goes down and then it goes up so it's pretty common i believe like if you're locking on bitcoin i believe it will go up significantly higher maybe in two years but with macroeconomic changes we don't know uh, and the regulations coming up so i'm not sure 100 about it but overall as i would do every effort to make things to contribute towards any cause that can make people life better yeah and i i definitely believe that you know one day in the future i'm not sure if it is you know 10 years 15 20 years in the future that there will be some type of digital currency that you know everyone will will be on the government will <laughs> just kind of switch us and say hey you have you know one year to convert uh, all of your currency you know over to this government backed uh cryptocurrency so i'm i'm thinking that's that's the way everything is is going to go in the future but we're just probably in in a in a down in a downturn right now at this moment so that's exactly what i believe i think that's perfectly uh you know uh, and i just believe that us us government have right now if you look at us dollar it has a monopoly on international transactions b2b mostly but i believe with the government backed currency in the us it has the potential to technically take over entire world currency like if you're in turkey pakistan india anywhere why would you like to get local currency you would like to prefer us dollars the people believe in us dollars so if you can make it super simple to transfer money from one wallet to another wallet you know that's gold uh, and that's what so i think us should basically encourage adoption of cryptocurrency and launching their uh, you know crypto dollars that allow you to transfer money from any person to any person without custody obviously there's a lot of regulation and there's a lot of complication around it but fundamentally the belief is that uh transferring money across the world should be super easy and cheap okay and what one final question for you hasi what what are you reading what's on your nightstand oh wow so i read nowadays because of this uh, economy turning down uh, we are kind of from bear market um i read a lot of leadership because i believe that i can always improve as a person and so how do i manage people better uh, i'm reading a lot about how to improve myself as a human and how to improve myself as a as a colleague as a dad as a as a contributor to society because i believe that a lot of time we actually miss out on those opportunities well hasib i truly appreciate you uh, dropping some knowledge and information around uh the security of mobile phones and just educating us on on things like sim swapping and how important it is to make sure that your 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 mobile phone is is secure uh thank you so much for 
being a guest on Data Protection Gumbo. Uh, thank you, Demetrius. As I said, uh, you're doing a good call. I think data is critical. We need to make sure that we own the data and we secure it. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.